Hello and welcome to Sustainable in the City, a podcast that tells inspiring stories of everyday city dwellers on a journey to a more sustainable life. I'm your host and novice sustainableite, Brooke. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. I'm so excited that you guys are listening in today. I'm also really excited that today I'm going back to my hometown. Uh, I have some guests on from Arizona and I actually, um, I know them. Well, I know Haley. She used to be an intern at a job that I worked at. So it's really fun to be interviewing someone that's an acquaintance of mine that also has kind of taken a journey into sustainability. So today we're talking to Haley and Steve and they are the owners of Big Bean Little Bean and they make sustainable um, organic products. They also kind of went on a little bit of a zero waste challenge for 30 days and tried to see if they could eliminate their waste and so yeah we're I'm excited to learn kind of what they're doing. They're kind of really just dipping their toe in the water into product making and so I figured that it would be really relevant for any of you guys out there that are thinking about making your own products or looking for natural alternatives to products that you might buy in a store like deodorant, laundry detergent, and that kind of stuff. So I hope that today you learn a lot. Um, I'm I'm sure that I will. I kind of dabbled very, very lightly into this world. So I'm excited to learn more in depth and talk to them more about their journey. All right, so I'm so excited because today I actually get to rep my homeland. Um, I haven't had anyone from Arizona on yet, so this is cool for me. Um, and I would love if Haley and Steven, if you guys can introduce yourselves, kind of talk about what you're doing, uh, your projects that you're working on, and, you know, kind of the whole background. Hi, so my name is Haley, and I guess we're here to talk to you guys a little bit today about our sustainable business that we're currently growing. Um, it really started... A few years back, Stephen and I, uh, my husband Stephen, we had a growing interest in sustainability. I'd say that we started to reduce our waste and really think about cutting plastic waste out of our life um, about two years ago. And that's when all of this started to, I guess the seed was planted in our mind, you know, what a different tomorrow could look like. Well, yeah, and I'm Stephen. I'm I'm the (laughs) husband. and I think a big part of the, the beginning journey was also into minimal, minimalism too, and just yeah. kind of mindful consumption, um, at least for me, getting me into the whole the whole sustainability space, I guess you could say. Um, we saw the documentary on um, Minimalist a while back. And also, I remember in college, we were moving around a lot. We moved like six times in just a few years yeah. um, for different trips and different stuff. But uh, And we every time we moved we had to get rid like pack up all our stuff and so we would get rid of a lot of stuff each time we would see just these masses of things that we started to accumulate over such short periods of time Uh uh-huh and we call it purging so we'd go through (laughs) all our stuff go through our closets and stuff and get rid of or donate you know what i mean we tried to donate so just throw our stuff away but um a lot of stuff and so that kind of it started getting us into this idea of um consuming less and needing less and trying not to be wasteful i think is the biggest thing just in just in everyday stuff um, and then that slowly kind of com- merged with, um, as we learned more about environmentalism. And yeah, so we started like we started buying less things. I guess yeah. that's where yeah, yeah, that's this entire thing started. And as we bought less things, it kind of merged into our interest in not only sustainability, but just healthful living. Um, mm-hmm. And we found that 
the more we tried to cut like harmful chemicals out of out of our everyday life, um, the more we were making products at home. And as we started to make more products at home, we guess we, we started to buy the inputs of production for ourselves. So for example, uh, with laundry soap, we we um, started to make it ourselves. So I ordered like really bulk versions of like borax and Castile soap and washing soda. And I would mix them together and make our own laundry soap. And I would literally buy this in like these giant, as big as I could find them online. So we currently have like these giant tubs of these. So it'd be cheaper. Yeah, yeah. so it would be cheaper for us. And also it would be healthy. I mean, um, we can even water plants with our gray water. Um, so that's kind of where it all started. Uh, and additionally, Stephen and I both have super duper sensitive skin. Um, and that's another reason we started making all of our own products, like our deodorant and our dish soap and just all of those things. Um, and that, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, minimalism and sustainability and zero waste, they're really all part of the same thing. It's just being like a conscious consumer and conscious in your everyday living, not just settling for the status quo. Um, and doing yeah. what you're told. I think another another big part of the journey early on for us was in business school. I mean, you're doing marketing. So mm -hmm. you know, once you start to, to learn how much money is spent on advertising and selling new products, and then you see how just capitalism, just it's our whole society, you know I mean? which is fine. It's, it's good. But um, but you're, there's so much pressure on you to be buying stuff all the time and, and how you kind of relate in your mind subconsciously through all this that buying equals happiness. You know what I mean? New, better stuff, new stuff equals happiness. And as you kind of pull away from that, I think, um, yeah, you can just, again, on one space because it's living a better lifestyle, a more satisfied life, more intentional life that, that you choose. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, with sustainability, it, it ties in nicely into that. Yeah, so I guess that's like a super long background. <laughs> no, but I think that that, I mean, it, it's really kind of, you guys basically just summed up like the whole reason that I started this podcast. <laughs> um, because I haven't really gone through all the big steps yet and done all the things, but um, I myself also, like, I'm sick of just wasting things. Like I, you know, when, when we moved from Phoenix, I purged a bunch of stuff, as you called it. Um, and having to like buy a house and then I had this empty house and I was like I feel like I have to fill it with everything but at the same time you don't like <laughs> so so I think I wanted to start that journey of like you know what's less is more like I don't I don't have to live in this society and also I'm in marketing and so I I understand how much I spend in advertising <laughs> and yeah so I, I totally resonate with everything that you guys just said and I think it's awesome as we're, you know, consuming all these things and then purging them later, you start to wonder, like, where's this stuff going when I get rid of it? You know, like, even when you donate it, what if they can't sell it, then where does it go? It has mm -hmm. to go somewhere. And that's, that's another thing that kind of just got us more interested in it. No, that's for sure, too. And I think, you know, personally, I love to travel. And so I kind of realized when I was buying all this stuff, and then later, I'd be donating it. And like, how much money did I just like, could I have just spent to go somewhere or do something else? Like, why did it? Why did I do this? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's new. you think about money, you're just throwing away. And mm -hmm. then we, we spent the day working so hard to make that money. We put mm -hmm. it to better use. So one of the things that I think is interesting um, that you mentioned was you kind of were interested in 
more sustainability and also just because of your sensitive skin that you guys just started making products. Is that because you couldn't find things or were you really interested in kind of the DIY lifestyle? Yeah, you know what, truthfully, uh, it's really, we really do have a hard time finding things. Um, the number one thing that we have the tr- most trouble finding is deodorant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been through, and I don't want to like put any brands to on blast right now, but we have tried like every single brand of natural deodorant. Um, and one of two things always happened to us, either our skin would get rashes and, and burn and break out after using it for a few days, or it just wouldn't work at all. And we would be stinky and we don't want to be like that person, who, <laughs> you know, the natural hippie person that is stinky and no one wants to be around. So we started experimenting, um, making it ourselves. Um, and the big problem with that I think is that when you start making it yourself, you realize you're making almost more waste because you buy like a small thing of cornstarch and a small thing of coconut oil and baking soda. And then you make a couple batches and then you've got, you know, the waste of five different products and you feel like you're not truly being more sustainable, though you are putting a more natural product on your body without a lot of chemicals. And that's whenever we kind of started trying to find outlets um, to buy it in in mass to make it ourselves, and then we could recycle it like big and buckets and make, stuff. Yeah. You can recycle, so we felt better about that. So just little single use plastic. It's still such an imperfect process. Uh, one of my favorite quotes about zero waste and low waste and sustainability is that we don't need just a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions and millions of people doing it imperfectly. So that's that's kind of our whole uh, standpoint on on the issue just always improving yeah being the best you can but not feeling guilty when you fall short because it's unrealistic to think you're gonna instantly switch over to be z- completely zero waste shortly yeah. you know it's a it's or a whole ever. revision yeah or ever and yeah. you know even to add on to that with um zero waste is that when you buy when you buy a product that is zero waste from the store say it comes in a glass jar that's completely recyclable there's a whole stream of, of logistics that come before that that probably has um, plastic somewhere in that process. So, for example, when we buy these giant, giant vats of borax or Castile soap, there is probably plastic that they're coming in, you know. So when you're buying bulk things, um, they have to get to the bulk store. Somehow. In plastic. <laughs> exactly. So it's not going to be... Perfect, but it certainly is a reduction in in that waste that never biodegrades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so where okay. do you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just again. I always like to <laughs> to emphasize the guilt free approach. I think sometimes if you if you start feeling guilty, it can be overwhelming, and then it can just kind of stop all progress instead yeah. of just focusing on ways you can improve and, and make it better and be proud of that. So for sure. Anyway, no, you're good. <laughs> where did you guys find kind of your bulk supply? Like, how did you? start that research because I think that that's a hard thing for me like I'm actually currently looking for dishwasher soap right or even how to make my own um so where did you kind of how did you start that process so honestly I started it with a simple google search and it's something that has had so much trial and error that (laughs) it's still imperfect and I just have to be completely transparent there um, the first thing I did, and I know everyone's all anti-Amazon, but the first thing I did was order 
some jars from there. And I tried several different types of jars and to see which ones actually got shipped to me with the least plastic. Because sometimes you'll find these great jars and a great deal from somewhere. And then you have them delivered to your house and they're just wrapped in styrofoam and they have all these, you know, bad things on them. And you think, wow, I'm really not even though the consumer is going to get a zero waste jar, it's, it's truly not because it came in all this plastic. So that was what I did first. And then when I found jars that met, you know, my standard, I guess you could say in air quotes, um, I then what, and I'm in the process of doing this now, I'm reaching out to the manufacturer to try to order in, you know, in larger quantities to reduce that waste. Um, so that way we don't have to stay using Amazon and using these other big box stores that aren't paying federal income tax and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. And it's, it is true, you know, and I think, um, one of the things I guess we should also kind of talk about because many people are not very familiar with Arizona, but I know that you guys, you guys tote the line of being a city dweller. (laughs) I was like, I consider, I mean, I know that you're outside of Oracle, but to me, I went to Oracle once and I was like, it's kind of the country, but it's like a city. So you're kind of in between that. So I feel like from a, from an availability standpoint, there's not a lot of um, bulk stores by you. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Chicago and New York and places like that have really amazing resources, but they don't exist everywhere. So you, you have to find that somewhere. You have to go to, online or do something so so I can't I don't hate I can't hate on the big box things because there is a convenience to it and there's a reason that they're out there so I think it's smart that you went through that process absolutely and that is very a very good point because in Tucson Arizona there's only one store that is considered you know to be zero waste friendly um it's really far it's almost an hour drive (laughs) from us and not only that but those stores I absolutely admire what they're doing and I think they're awesome. And if you can't afford to shop there, then you totally should. But the truth is the average American consumer, they simply can't afford to pay three times more for almonds um, than they would at a regular type of grocery store. Um, And again, with the bulk, it's awesome and wonderful. But for things like dog food, you know, the bulk bin is is as big as the bag of dog food that I buy. So I don't know. There's just, it's it's a really confusing and complex topic and we're all just doing our best. And I think that's what counts. No, I totally agree. So what kind of made you guys transition from making these things for yourself and realizing that they were helpful to wanting to sell it to people? Um, I think, <laughs> I think partly um, was just that I, realize how a lot of people don't want to take the time to make it themselves. That's a big thing. And then the other thing is they simply don't have the space in their small apartment or small home with a small yard to order these large, large quantities of the inputs of production um, to make their products themselves. They would have to buy, like I said, small, uh, small jars of coconut oil and all of those things. Um, and then they're going to create all that waste anyway. So I figured if our if our um, little shop could be sort of the hub, and I could order large quantities and then put them into um, zero waste or completely recyclable packaging, then that would be helpful for consumers here uh, locally and also across the country. So I guess that's that's why. And then also. Um, from a pure passion perspective, I, I really enjoy making it. It's 
you know, it's a passion project, heart project for me. Um, and it's really fun for me to market my own brand and come up with, you know, the aesthetic feel of it and grow the social media accounts for something that I'm passionate about and share it with people around me. Um, and I guess the final note about why we wanted to start is just because the products have made such a big difference in our lives. Again, we're only selling three things right now. Um, but the, the one of the things that made the largest difference is like the face lotion that we make. My skin is so incredibly sensitive and doesn't react well to unnatural things. Um, so before we even started selling it, I was sharing it with uh, family and friends and they loved it so much that I figured, you know what, it could be something that that could improve the quality of life for other people interested in the, in the same thing. I think that's awesome. So what do you like, you know, two years down the line, where do you hope that um, big bean, little bean is at? Like, what's your grand vision? If you had, if you had to put in words, (laughs) (laughs) if we have a grand vision, I don't even know, but um, I think that for now, one thing I would absolutely love to do um, is just, network with small local zero waste and boutique type of stores and then um, wholesale to them so that way people have a consistent and reliable source and place where they can get the product Um, because as you might know right now we're doing farmers markets and things like that and we've only got our products in one brick and mortar store right now Um, and so I guess I would say just making it more widely available to people so they have a reliable place to get it. Uh, we, you know, we've played and toyed with the idea of opening up a zero waste bulk type of store here in Tucson, um, that is more widely accessible to the area that we live in. Uh, but the truth is, I just think that the amount of passion and time commitment that that takes, it's really a 24 seven, um, type of deal. If you open up a small grocery store. Sure. So I don't know if we want to be the David versus that Goliath, but mm-hmm. we do want to um, support people who who are thinking about going down that path and, and supply them with good, decent products that truly come from a low-waste, um, sustainable, and ethical starting point. And that work. And that it's work. It's so they hard really to find work. deodorant. Yeah, this deodorant is <laughs> awesome. That's the, I think that's the biggest thing um, as far as why I wanted to sell it for the deodorant. It was just like this stuff actually works and it's it solved a big problem for us. And so yeah. maybe it can solve a big problem for you too. And yeah. so when we gave it to all our friends and stuff to try, people, we just got such good feedback that we thought, well, heck, why? I guess maybe other people will like it too. Mm-hmm. So. It feels good. Yep. And we're definitely at a point where we're like, you know, we're so small. We're giving away a lot of product yeah. just because it makes good gifts. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I think too, you know, I think especially the deodorant thing, I've had friends that have tried natural deodorants and I myself also uh, have tried a few because I'm really interested in it. And I agree with you that I feel like a lot of the ones that are out there just don't do anything for me. So I've been also searching for a solution But I think it's interesting that the natural industry in general, I don't think like laundry soaps, but I think like body products, the more natural they are, they really do get associated with like being a hippie or a hipster or whatever. And I think like it's such an interesting connotation to me because if it works and it's pure and healthy, like why why is that such a bad thing in our culture? Like I don't understand where that stigma comes from. And you know what? We don't totally understand that. 
I guess it could be partly that when people are introduced to natural things, a lot of times we have to be self-aware and understand that they a lot of times don't work very well. So I think there's a balance. Um, and I also think that hopefully, at least I'm hopeful, I'm an optimist that these things are changing as, as it becomes less of a niche and it becomes less of this thing that only few people do. Um, you know, the more reports come out that educate us about climate change and, and our planet, I think that more people will jump on board, you know, um, in life, isn't that how most things start? They start with a lot of resistance things usually does. And hopefully this is the same type of deal. No, that's awesome. Um, so, so what would you tell people, I guess, that are maybe not in Tucson or, um, I actually did an interview with someone in Canada. So like, what would you tell someone that's far away that is really interested in, making their own products or um, testing some of these kind of same things out? Where where should they start looking for like recipes? Like how do they start that experimentation? Yeah, I think, you know, the place I really started honestly was social media and YouTube. Um, there's so many free resources out there just like this podcast. Uh, if you look up DIY zero waste deodorant, you're going to find a hundred different recipes and everyone's body is different. So I think you just start experimenting, give yourself um, a two week test. And if you're not stinky and it's working for you and it's not staining your clothing, then you've got a good thing going on. Um, but, but yeah, there's so many free resources online. And if you've got the space to bulk order your products, it's going to be so much cheaper for you because you can make them yourself. And you, if you only have to buy the inputs to laundry, soap, and deodorant every year or so, that I think um, it, it saves you a lot of money. I know that we've cut our costs more than in half with all of our household changes we've made. And um, I guess one last thing about that is that you'll find that the more products for the home that you make, whether it be cleaner, um, soap, or body products, they're all made out of a lot of the same things. Um, so that makes buying in bulk a lot easier. You'll find yourself buying a lot of coconut oil, a lot of um, white vinegar, um, that kind of thing. And it just becomes really easy, and you use the same products for almost everything. So it cuts down it cuts down on your expenses more than you would believe. What about you, Stephen? How, what have you learned, I guess, the most from kind of making your own stuff or something that maybe surprised you that you didn't think going into it? So I think personally, when you when you think of DIY, um, it seems really difficult. And I think in our convenience uh, society, you know what I mean? You'd rather just kind of pay a little bit of money for that convenience and get it done. So, so we're so used to not doing stuff ourselves, um, that I think, well, at least me personally, I had a big misconception. Like when, when Haley had brought up the idea to start making some of the stuff ourselves, I thought, eh, it seems too hard. You know what I mean? Um, it seems difficult. And I was surprised after doing it, how, how easy it was and how fulfilling it was to start creating some of our own things. And, and feeling like a producer rather than just a consumer. Um, and so that, that was surprising to me. And as well, I, that kind of reinforced the idea that possibly there are definitely, nobody wants to make all of their products. It's just, it's, it's, Very time it's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why we have free trade, you know, so you don't have to make all your own stuff, but um, and it kind of reinforced the idea that other people may want to buy it because not everyone's going to be able to, to make, all of their own deodorant or face lotion or laundry soap. Yeah. Um, but 
it's still fun to do. Like I would encourage people to try it out, um, to just make simple stuff or yeah, creating, or creating yeah. is causing us to have a lot of joy yeah, in the make, act of creating. Uh huh. Exactly. That's great. And I actually, um, I made a batch of laundry detergent myself, but I feel like I need to experiment with some more recipes because uh, it didn't work very well. So, <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I think it depends on the type of washing machine you have too. Uh, if you have like a really high efficiency one, then different recipes will work better for you than if you have a regular um, top loading washing machine. So that's, that's been our experience. Mm -hmm. The last thing that I we should really talk about is how do people find you? So can they buy your stuff online or if they have questions about, you know, products that they can make themselves, what's the best way that they should follow you, follow your journey, see what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can um, go to our website. It's just bigbeanlittlebeanshop.com or you can Google Big Bean Little Bean Shop. It should come up pretty high on the list on Google. Uh, the other thing you can do is go on Facebook and we're at Big Bean Little Bean Shop on Facebook, so yeah. That is great. I'm sure your following will go up 3,000%. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just starting out too, guys, but. <laughs> and if you're ever in Southern Arizona, you should definitely reach out to them because, I mean, I don't know you personally, Steven, but I know that Haley's awesome, so you have to be awesome by proxy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> love to, yeah, if you're in the area, we'd love to meet up and um, share ideas. And, and yeah, just we're always looking for tips and tricks too. Yeah, or any of the farmers markets nearby, right? Like you, they might be able to see you guys there. Exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's awesome. Well, cool. Is there anything else before we wrap up that you guys want to say? You want to make sure it gets across? No, um, no, nothing other than that. I think that you know, low waste really is for everybody. It's so. It's so attainable, and I think that you can find a lot of happiness through learning to make some of your own stuff and reducing some of those things you bring into your home. Thank you so much um, for having us on here. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me, guys.